This is a picture of the church of the nativity. It's located, of course, in the little town of Bethlehem. There are a group of us from St. Michael about 14 months ago who were in the Holy Land, as many of you know, and many of us went to this church. I took this picture, and it worked out pretty well because the size of the car gives you a sense of the size of the opening to the church, the church of the Nativity, the oldest standing church in the world. It was built in the 4th century A.D. Unlike most famous churches that have massive entrances, like St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, if you go there, you will enter through an entrance door that is 25 feet high. But you don't have that the church of the nativity in the little town of Bethlehem. No, this is what you have. You've got a grand entrance that is all of four feet high and two feet wide. They call it the door of humility. And you say, what building committee of any church would create a door that low? Well, in antiquity people had the propensity of driving their horse-drawn carriages and riding their horses into church. So we know how to solve that problem. We'll just create a what? A very, very low door. The angels sing in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, glory to God in the highest, right? But the church of the nativity says glory to God to the lowest. I've been there. Some of you have been there. Uh, To get into the place where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, you need to get on your knees. You need to bend down. You need to squeeze yourself in. It's not glory to God to the highest, not in this church. It's glory to God to the lowest. The the glory of God is the presence of God. It's all the sweetness and joy of the gospel of Jesus. And if you're at the church of the nativity and you have to go through the door of humility... You begin to understand that the glory of God, the presence of God to be where Jesus was born is the glory of God to the lowest, the lowest. That brings us to the truth of the day. To get to Jesus, not just to get to Jesus where he's born in Bethlehem, but to get to Jesus, period, you have to bow down and get Low. Jesus says, I've come not to call the righteous but sinners. Uh, Jesus says, I've come not for the strong but the weak. Jesus says, I've come not for the haughty but for the humble. Glory to God in the lowest. Jesus is not for the high and holy. Jesus is for the meek and the lowly. you want to get to Jesus, you have to bow down. 
and get low. Too bad the people in Micah's day didn't believe that. Any of you know we're in our fourth installment on a sermon series on the 8th century prophet called Micah. People in Micah's day didn't believe this at all. They believed glory to God to the highest, and we're the highest. We're the brightest, and we're the best. Why, look what we can do for God. So we pick it up in Micah 6, 6 and 7. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? So, so how do I have access to God, right? Universal question. Most people ask this during their lifetime. How do I connect with God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of oil? 10,000 would be the highest number in the Hebrew language. So you can't go higher in Hebrew than 10,000. So this is like saying a bazillion rivers of oil. You see what they're saying here is, is look, I can bring my best sacrifice, my best gifts, and God will be so impressed with that. And if he's not impressed with calves and burnt offerings and rams and, and a myriad number of rivers of oil, then look how they speak in verse 7. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Oh, what's that about? That's talking about Abraham sacrificing Isaac in Genesis chapter 22 on Mount Moriah. See, boy, God will really be impressed. This is the sacrifice of all sacrifices. I will give my firstborn child the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul. Glory to God to the highest. And look, we're the highest, we're the holiest, we're the most righteous, we're the brightest, and we're the best. And there's a part to all of us that resonates with that. Part to all of us that thinks, well, if more people would just be like me. You ever thought about that? Especially when you're on I-69? If more people would drive like me, if more people were courteous like me, if more people were humble like me, (laughs) it'd be a much better world. Glory to God, to the highest. Why? (laughs) I'm the highest, I'm the brightest, I'm the best. After all, I'm an American, not an American, right? American, I can do whatever I put my mind to. Jesus, though, if you want to get to Jesus, you got to bend down and get low. That's what Micah says, uh, Micah 6, verse 8, one of the most famous prophetic verses in Israel's prophetic corpus in the Old Testament. You've heard this probably a time or three. He has told you what is good. What does the Lord require? What does he seek? What does he want? Does he want all of these external things like rivers of oils and fatted calves and burnt offerings and thousands of rams? No, he wants our hearts. He wants our lifestyle. See, he's shown you what he wants to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. 
glory to God to the lowest. And that's what the church of the nativity says in the little town of Bethlehem. And that's what Micah says. Glory to God to the lowest. The humble people. So let's unpack these five words. Walk humbly with your God. What does that look like? Of course, the first word is walk. Walk. This is the major way the Bible talks about having a relationship with God. Is walk. Walk. Maybe you know that. Already in Genesis chapter 4, it said Enoch walked with God. In Genesis 6, it says Noah walked with God. In Micah chapter 4, our call to worship, let us walk in his ways. Uh, This is how Paul talks about the Christian life. It's called a walk. A walk. Well, what does that entail? It, It means you make progress. If you're walking, you're actually going somewhere. And if you're walking... Nine times out of nine, you know where you're going. (laughs) We're called to walk, make progress, move in our Christian life, in our relationship with Jesus. We walk, not stand, not sit, (laughs) not with Jesus, no, walk, walk. And as you're walking with Jesus, right, you can talk with him, you can listen to him, you can have a relationship with him, walk. So, so we're not called to, to sit still or stand still, but to make progress. But it's walk, not sit or stand. It's walk, not run. I love to run. Love to bike. This time of year, it's more running weather than biking weather. I used to have a t-shirt that said, I live to run, and I run to live. But that's not what Micah says. If you're running, if you're running, it's hard to have a relationship with someone when you're running because usually you're out of breath or you're trying not to slip or fall and you have to watch where you're going. If you're running, it's hard to talk to someone. If you're running with Jesus, then you're missing out. You're in a hurry. (laughs) You're preoccupied. You're trying to figure out everything and everyone every time. So maybe some of us need to start walking because we're sitting and standing. No progress. Others of us need to stop running. (laughs) Slow down. And listen and talk with Jesus. So it's walk, walk. Not sit, stand, or run. Walk. And then Micah says walk humbly. Humbly. Humbly comes from a Latin word, humus. Humus. And humus just simply means low. We get that. Humus also forms another English word. What would that be? Human. Human. Get it? When I'm humble, I'm more human. 
Conversely, if I'm not humble, I am less than human. I am beastly. I am ravenous. I'm like an animal. But if I want to be human, the more humble I am, the more human I become. Humble people know that they're not calling the shots. God is. Humble people know that they're not in charge. God is. Uh, Humble people know they're not the creator. God is. The Bible is filled with people who are humble people. They live low, right? Abraham says in Genesis 18, 27, I'm but dust and ashes. Pretty low. Moses, who's called the most humble person on the earth (laughs) in chapter 12 of Numbers, says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, who am I to go to Pharaoh? Isaiah says, woe is me, I'm lost. That's Isaiah 6, verse 5. John the Baptist comes along, and speaking of Jesus in John 3, verse 30, says, he, that's Jesus, must increase, I must decrease. Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15 says, I am the chief of sinners. Not I was, we know Paul was. Pre-conversion Paul, Paul killed Christians. Paul could have easily said, I was the chief of sinners, but that's not what he says. I am, I still am. Paul says in Romans 7, 24, I am a wretched man. Not I was, he was, but I am. I am. Biblical leaders understand to get to Jesus, you need to bow down and get low. This little boy wrote a letter to Santa. said, Santa, there are three little boys in my home. Jeffrey is two, David is four, and Norman is seven. Jeffrey is never good. David is sometimes good. Norman is always good. Santa, I'm Norman. (laughs) I'm not Norman. Neither are you. None of us is Norman. We have sin and ugliness in our hearts. We have failure stamped all over our lives. Micah says walk, right? If you're standing still or sitting, it's time to walk, right? Get moving in this relationship. If you're running, then slow down, slow down. Take a deep breath. He's God and we're not. So we walk humbly, humbly. And the more humble we are, the more human we become. Micah goes on, Micah 6 verse 8, walk humbly with your God. Micah could have easily said, walk humbly with God, and we would get that. Uh, But he uses, uses the word your, 
your God. It's a personal relationship. Walk humbly with your God. It's a gospel word, this word your. It, It means that God is your God, come what may. It means that God is your God no matter how dark it becomes. It means God is your God whatever happens in your life. Count on it. Count on it in the darkest points of your life. He is your God. You've been baptized. <laughs> Isaiah 43.1, when you were baptized, God said, I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. You belong to me. I'm your God and you are my child. Song of Solomon, chapter 6, verse 3 says, I am my beloved and he is mine. Dodi leave Anilo in the Hebrew. Famous line. I am my beloved's and he is mine. We walk humbly with your God, the gospel God. The God says, I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. In 1994, NASA scientists watched in real time a meteor they called Shoemaker crash into the planet Jupiter. They were just amazed uh, watching this, this cosmic collision. Debris floated up into what passes for atmosphere in Jupiter. A scientist began to calculate what this this massive strike would do to this massive planet. Finally, after a couple weeks, one of the NASA scientists asked the most obvious question, and what would that be? What if that had been us? What if the heavens would have collided with planet Earth? Oh my, what a transformation that would be. What a change that would be. Well, brace yourself, because that's exactly what we confess as followers of Jesus, that the heavens collided with planet Earth, and ground zero of the strike was an animal feeding trough in the little town of Bethlehem. Glory to God to the lowest. Glory to God in the lowest. In the lowest place in an animal feeding trough to a bewildered stepfather named Joseph and a 14-year-old teenager named Mary. God became man. And you understand, please understand this. This is huge. That You see, when we're humble, we're more human. So if that is true, and if God became a human being, then he becomes absolutely humble. That's what Paul teaches in Philippians 2. We just heard it. 
who being in very nature God, that's what Paul says in Philippians 2, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Taking the form of a servant, he humbled himself. Of course he did. You want to be a human being? And not a ravenous animal or a beast? Then you're humble. He humbled himself. Glory to God to the lowest. Uh, Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. Who being rich, yet for our sakes became poor. Of course, John, in our gospel lesson, the Word, the eternal pre-existent Word, the second person of the Trinity, the Word became flesh, one of us. Indeed, heaven has come to earth, and it's not what we would expect This is the central message of the Bible, isn't it? It's glory to God in the lowest. God comes to the lowest places to find the lowest people. God is concerned about our mess and about our muck and mire and all the little minutiae of our lives. God comes for people who are willing to admit they are P-O-H, plain old human. To get to Jesus, they need to bow down and get low. Martin Luther was preaching on this in the Christmas of 1527. Here's a part of his sermon. Luther says, reason and will would ascend and seek above, right? We get that. See, glory to God to the highest, and we're the highest, we're the brightest and the best, and I can do it, I can climb the ladder, I'm an American, not an American. That's how we're wired, that's what we think. But Luther goes on, if you would have joy, bend yourself down to this place. There you will find that child given for you who is your creator lying in a manger. I know of no God but this one in the manger and on the cross. No wonder Micah says, walk humbly with your God. The manger was pretty low, (laughs) pretty low indeed. But Luther reminds us that there was something waiting that small little child, lower than a manger. And that would be the ugliness and the vileness and the beastly animal display of human nature on a cross. Cicero, who was a leader of the Roman Empire in his day. He died in 43 B.C. Cicero famously talked about the cross. This was a daily event in the Roman Empire. 
And Cicero famously said that the cross is the most cruel and the most hideous of all tortures. Rome had a whole book on how to torture people, but this was the most hideous, and this was the most violent, and this was the most ugly. So here's your God. The God of the manger, the God of the cross, the God with outstretched arms, the God who sheds his blood for you. And the God who comes down to the gutter for you. So what do we do with all of this? Come to Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Of course, come to Bethlehem and see him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee. Everybody get this? <laughs> it's the major point of the sermon. The hymn writer says, come adore on bended knee. Christ, the newborn son, and see. Glory to God. In the lowest, glory to God for the lowest. So let's stand and sing that hymn.